What's up, everybody? And welcome back to a podcast, just a conversation with me, Jonathan Stockstill. So great to have you. And my friend, John Torres. What's, What's going up, dude? On? How's it going? Oh, man. It is going so good. So glad to have you on the show today. Today, we're going to be talking about worship. Man, one of my favorite subjects in the world. You're a worship leader. Uh, and so I felt like it would be just great to just talk about worship and you know, when I was just starting out in ministry, worship was kind of my gateway. From the time I was 12 years old, I started playing keyboard in youth church. And I'd never thought about singing. I always thought I'd just be a keyboard player. And then I was 14 years old, and I wrote a song. And the name of the song was Drop Your Rock. That was the very first song that I ever wrote. And somebody asked me to sing it in church. And so that began the journey of singing and playing. But... John, uh, tell me about yourself. Tell me about your worship leading. When did you start leading worship? How did you pick up a guitar? How did you start the whole process? Well, I kind of want to hear the song, the rock song. Do you still have it? Is I it do still that... have it. I mean, let's see. <laughs> so um, I got a little guitar here. And uh, this you is actually... It. I do remember. Yeah. But this is very embarrassing. There's no question <laughs> that this is a horrible song. So just full disclaimer. Uh It was based on when Jesus saved the woman's life who was caught in adultery. And it goes like this. Jesus was walking along his merry way. He came across the Pharisees. It has something to say. They said we found... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. They said we found a woman who seemed to be in sin. They said we found her sleeping with all these different men. Slowly he stooped down and started writing in the sand. He wrote, I'd like to meet the perfect man. One by one they dropped their rock and slowly walked away. He said, I don't condemn you, and neither did they. Drop your rock, hold no bitterness. Drop your rock, you ain't sinless. Drop your rock, hold no bitterness. Things will be better if you would just drop your rock. Something like that. Wow, so. come on, man. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I like it. Yeah, so. <laughs> At 14, that was 14 the years old, man. And, and why that story? I think the preacher, the youth pastor had preached on that. Yeah. And uh, so I just started trying to think of how I could support the message. And Wow. Yeah, that wasn't the first song I wrote. I wrote a song when I was eight about the stars and Jesus making the stars and stuff. But yeah, <laughs> so that began the journey, man. I love the song. Great yeah. song. Well, a little bit about me is I work a part of the team here, and I actually started leading worship on accident. I found a guitar when I was probably fifth grade and was learning before I met Christ. And then I came to the youth group one day, and we still had transparencies you would put on the screen and uh and someone had led music at this youth group and i just said hey this seems cool like can i just practice in the corner while you guys are doing this i'm trying to figure out how to play guitar and then they said yeah you, you totally can and i showed up to practice and they made me sing a song and they've never heard me sing and so it was a whole 10. accident i was 11 okay i was 11 had your voice changed yet uh it was in the middle the awkward zone <laughs> trying to figure out what's going on yeah yeah, my the very first time I sang in church, no kidding, I sang a song, and of course my friends all attended the, the youth ministry, and when I started to sing, they all started laughing in the back of the room, and they stood up. They were laughing so hard, they walked out the room, Oh, and I man. had to keep singing with all my friends laughing. 
And I, that was the night I had to make up in my mind. Come on. I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I don't care what people think. How old were you? Uh, I was, that was it. I was 14. So my voice was still changing and uh, I'll never forget them walking out and the feeling of like, am I really going to do this? <laughs> and, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, like, man, when, when did you start singing? Like, have you always been a singer? I'm like, I've never thought of myself as a singer. All I think about when I, when, when people think I'm a singer is people walking out the back of the room laughing. So I just think <laughs> that I'm still that guy who's gotten better and refined the craft, but yeah, definitely have gotten better for sure. So would you say that that's the funniest moment you've had leading worship? Has there been anything? Oh anything gosh, that sticks out. It's oh like, man, gosh, there's this. been so many. But you know the the website uh, or at least the YouTube channel worship fails, and right. people see the Instagram videos and stuff. I've lived all of those, so <laughs> you know it's hard to pick a, a funniest moment. I've had keyboard collapses. You know, oh yeah. So I used to play two keyboards. I had one that was the bass guitar and one that was the piano on top because we didn't have a bass player. So I would set the bottom keyboard to a bass sound and I would set the tops to a piano sound. And bro, I was heavy handed. So I would just bang. <laughs> I mean, just just bang on the keys. And uh, it was a two tiered stand and it collapsed on me in the middle of worship. And so the notes on the top hit the notes on the bottom. So it was, like, <laughs> it was just all these noises. And it was in the middle of a soft worship moment. So you know, you don't recover from that. No, you don't. You know, I've you just fallen, transitioned. What I've happened? fallen on my rear end. Like I, you know, I, I mentioned it earlier in another podcast, but I, I fell on my my tail, man. I was I was trying to sit down and pull the bench up behind me, <laughs> and I missed it, and I fell on fell on my backside. So, uh, but actually, one of the funniest moments I've ever had is I had a a, play, a woman who wanted to play the shofar. And uh, you know that you're in a spiritual church if somebody no breaks doubt. off. It's a, a spirit-filled church. Breaks out a shofar. But they broke out a shofar, and they started playing, and they played so hard that they passed out. <laughs> and so they passed out and fell down the stairs, and that was one of the funniest legendary. moments. Oh, my legendary God. Legendary moment. So legendary. <laughs> so, But, man, I love worship, and I, you know, worship is in my heart so deep. And I love, because I love God, and I love to sing to him. I love to worship him. So I'm a personal worshiper. I love to worship in my car. I love to worship when I'm by myself. Uh, I love to worship him when I'm with people. Yeah. I think that worship keeps people humble. I think that if you're not a worshiper and you're a Christian, it may be a pride thing because you don't understand um, how bad you need God and what happens that the transaction or the, or the exchange, I should say, that happens during worship. And so I'm so passionate about the subject of worship and I'm even more passionate about talking about um, corporate worship right. and how important corporate worship is, the theology of it, the doctrine of it, the style of it, just the whole thing. So uh, maybe we could spend a little bit of time talking about that. You know, absolutely. As a as a worship leader, let me ask you something. Um, what's the number one thing you would encourage young worship leaders in? If if there's a 17 year old listening right now that's a worship leader, what would you tell them that you've learned through years and years of leading worship? I think it's a great question. I think for me, I just, I remember leading worship back in the time where live recordings were on CDs and you could see the whole DVD of like the whole live recording and just this idea of one day I'm going to get to be a part of being on a DVD or, and it was all about what it would look like. And I think as a young worship leader, I was thinking about what do I look like to people? What do people think? When really, I think the biggest uh, uh, thing a worship leader needs to know is what's your personal time like? Like, is, does your personal expression of worship to God outweigh your platform expression? I think you're in trouble anytime that starts to come out of balance when, like, 
you worship way more on a platform than you ever do privately. Mm. And uh, that's really been a game changer for me. What would you say for you? If I were talking to young worship leaders, if I could talk to myself back when I was a 16, 17-year-old kid, it would be that people don't care about what you think they care about. Yeah. And I spent so much time trying to get the song just right, trying to Musically get the, the and sound just right, the band tuned just right, the arrangement just right. And, you know, the longer I've served the Lord and been with his people, people just want to have something they can sing to, something right. they can rejoice to, something they can be glad to participate in. And so it's really not about you. Yeah. That's the main thing is it's not about you. It's true. And I think most worship leaders are thinking about themselves. What does my hair look like? How cool am I? What's my body movements? How cool are those body movements? Yeah. But really, it's literally not about you at right. all. It's about God's people and God. Yeah. And so the more you can think, how can I set them up to connect with God in a deep so way? Good. Just, you know, how can I pick a song that they can all sing? Right. How can I pick a key that they can all sing in? Um, how can I get out of the way? So they can meet with God. It's good. And I do realize this too. People are hungry for God. They really yeah. want to meet with the Lord. They really want to be touched by God. And so if I can help lead people in those type moments, that is the most important thing. So um, I wouldn't say that it's like, obviously anything that gets in the way, like bad pitch or yeah. like distracting. Yeah. Things that are distracting. Th those are bad things. But I would just tell people it's not so much about, what you look like, sound like, it's about you getting out of the way and letting God touch his people. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you feel that, like there was a moment where yeah, you came to that realization as a young worship leader where you went home on a Sunday and you were like, I just, I don't feel like that hit the mark. And you just, you just knew like, I need to shift how I do this. What, what, what sparked no, that for it, you? It definitely grew. It grew in me a knowledge. And I think I wish I could tell every young worship leader to skip all of the years and years that I had where I was trying to, to get my craft just right. And right. just when I started realizing how hungry people were for God and that they really weren't there to watch me, that they were there to meet with God and they wanted to express a song together. And, 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 and I just started thinking more like a shepherd yeah. and less like a performer. Huge. I have a sermon that I preach uh, from showman to shepherd. It's I remember a journey. That it's a journey that every young worship leader has to take from a showman to a shepherd. And once that. you become a shepherd, you realize like, I'm just leading the flock, God's flock to still waters. Yeah. And that's, that's the whole purpose what, uh, of me being here. And uh, it liberates you. Somebody told me one time I, I had a sore throat and I could barely talk. And they said, are you still leading worship? Cause there was nobody else to lead worship. And I said, yeah. And they're like, you're not scared of what you're going to sound like? I'm like, no, it really doesn't matter. I could just get up there and say, hey, everybody, sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> yeah. Start right here. Oh, man. And they would all start singing, and they would probably think it was the best worship they ever had in their life. Great so, point. So it really doesn't matter about you as much as you think it does, you know? So yeah. that that's what I would tell young worshipers. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember I have similar experience where I would I would be so critical of myself coming off. That was bad. You sounded terrible. You didn't remember the lyrics, which is a problem for every worship leader. But like the whole thought that did people engage with God? Like was God present? Or were, were his praises on their mouth? Like that's the win. Moving the goal yeah. of what worship time actually looked like. Absolutely. So uh, worship has changed from decade to decade. Right. When did you start leading worship? I started leading worship uh, probably a year, 
say 2006. Really? Yeah. Okay. So what was your go-to song? Oh man. Our God is an awesome God. He. Okay. Not a bad one, Did you right? do the verse? When he rose up his sleeves, he wasn't putting on the Ritz. Oh, no. I didn't even know there was verses. Oh, man. <laughs> He's got thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fist. Our God is an awesome God. Well, the Lord, he wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. There was for no reason why he shed his blood. His return is very soon, so you better be believing that our God is an awesome, awesome God. God. Yeah. You know. Had no I, clue that song had verses. That's yeah, a first. Yeah. I never sang them, but... Uh, <laughs> All Just right, so if you thing. had a number two. Oh, man, number two. Picking up the guitar, and here you go. I'm going into it right now. Yep. Coming back to the heart of worship. Oh, when the music fades, Matt Redman. Yeah. Cool. What's that for you? Well, I started I know what worship it is. I could guess 90s, it for you. Man. So I was, I was back when um, Brownsville Revival yeah. was going on. Vineyard music was happening. So some of my favorite go-to worship songs were I Need You More, yeah. More Than Yesterday, uh, and then Delirious, What a Friend We Found, Closer Than a Brother. You know, that one where it says the name of Jesus. Yeah. I sing that one a lot. I sing, I sing Heart of Worship. Uh, and then in the early 2000s, obviously, all the Hillsong stuff, Shout to the Lord. Oh, classic. Uh, Daryl Evans, Trading My Sorrows. Yeah, <laughs> your love is extravagant. So, trading yeah. my sorrows—that's a but good one. I love to write music too. Yeah, and so I used to sing a lot of songs that I that I wrote. So uh, let me ask you about that because Bethany's such a worshiping church. I remember almost a decade ago, first time I led worship at Bethany, and immediately I knew I was at Oral Roberts University. I knew there was something so different about Bethany, and when you had asked me even after that time. First time I was here, I said, there's just something so different. Like the people really worship the Lord here. What would you say, what would you say has contributed to that worship culture? Is it our own music that we wrote that we got to put language to worship for our people? Or what do you think has really inspired that for our church? Wow. You know, I, I think if you go to a church where there's no revelation of worship, the worship is going to be short Yeah, it's every true. time. And sometimes they may not, may not even sing Christian songs. It may just be, you know, a mainstream music. And it depends on people's revelation of worship. The more they understand, the more they, they participate. Nobody tithed until they realized this was something God wanted them to do. Right. Nobody honored the Sabbath until they realized this was a priority. Worship is like that. You read the Psalms and it says, lift up your hands. You, you, you hear somebody say, uh, to kneel or bow in the presence of God. And so when you hear teaching on it, you have revelation on it. Yeah. And I think Bethany has already al always tried to prioritize teaching on worship, the power of praise to break chains in yeah. your life, the power of worship to draw the presence of God close to you. Uh, and, and the more people understand, the more they participate. And I also feel like it has something to do with what we tapped into at the beginning of this conversation, which is setting it up on a tee. Are the songs singable? Are they right. in keys that people can sing in? Are the lyrics in front of them where they can participate? Uh, I love it when worship services are corporate, not performance. Yeah, you know, so There's always a place for song ministry where you're ministering to somebody. But I love being in a group of people where we're all singing to God. So maybe those are some of the contributing things. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, well, guys, it's been awesome having you uh, participate in this. John, it's been great having you on the program. I love talking about worship. Maybe next time we'll dive into songwriting and talk about the essence of songwriting and what we're looking for in that. But thank you guys so much for joining. Make sure you subscribe. It's important that you subscribe so you get alerted next time it comes up. And we will see you next week. Thank you.